You're listening to the Resonant Builder Podcast with Peter Wolfcamp from Newstalk ZB. Rud Kleinpast. Hey, good morning good to morning, you. Good morning, sir. I, I love the term flash Harry. I always wanted to know where the word was, flesh comes from. Who was flesh? Is that a short word no for idea. something? <laughs> I have no idea, but like, because I, I love that phrase. I know. I Julie awesome. and I were just busy ourselves in bed. (laughs) How are you doing, Rud? You good? I'm pretty good, thank you. I've got a really lovely email uh, from one of our callers a couple of weeks ago in Cromwell. Gary is his name. Mm. He was the guy that needed to to get rid of silver leaf. Remember there was was a a tree, one of his, his fruit trees that had silver leaf. And he wrote, he wrote in the end, um, I can't remember where I picked it up, probably or whatever. It doesn't matter. I said, he said, I bought a steel chainsaw after the silver leaf question <laughs> that we talked about. He says, it worked perfectly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I thought it was so good. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. And um, ladies and gentlemen, can I share a wee secret? Rud has sent me a photograph of the most beautiful, crafted, uh, artistic and 100% recycled fence that he's been building. It's fabulous. It looks great. So it's what is it? You just wander down to the beach and pick up bits of driftwood. Yeah. Beautiful. You've seen, you've seen, uh, it's, it's not my idea. I've seen it elsewhere. No, but, I know. Uh, Julie, I said, what do you want for Christmas? She says, I'd like a driftwood fence. So there it is, about three, four meters, five it meters long, I think. It looks stunning. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. beautiful. It, it and all these, all these little driftwood bits at the top have got faces. They are like, like, like people and, or, or you know, goblins yeah. and things Brilliant. like that. Birds. It's just gorgeous. Uh, it's anyway, fabulous. Right. Let's get into the calls. Stephen, good morning to you. Oh, good morning, Rude. Um, capsicums. I've got a, a good uh, crop of capsicums, but uh, just before they tend, or as they start to ripen, they tend to rot and fall off. Now, I use a watering regime the same as tomatoes, and I only water the bases, but I'm wondering if there's something else I need to do to stop the fruit rotting at the end. Ah, that and is it in is it on the end of the of the fruit on the bottom end of the fruit if you like where it rots mostly? Um, I guess it starts there. I'm not sure. I yeah, know, yeah. I was thinking blossom in rot, but um, my yeah, it is. Are, are, I, are, it yeah. it could be. It's it's kind of the same thing that they have with tomatoes as well. Hmm. They, they are so. so how do so, I prevent that? Solana. Well, blossom end rot has got. Some people say it's it's to do with lack of calcium, and I've been reading some other bits and pieces that say no, not always, but it it can be. It's quite often, and that is the easiest, is regular watering or irregular watering that causes that. But I mm. wouldn't be. I I don't think it would be really bad for you to put some lime on your soil. Get that, in a, you know what I mean, and calcium and things like that, to get yeah, that particular okay. strengthening of the skin yeah. of the fruit, just like blossom end rot in tomatoes. Yeah. Well, as I say, I water them uh, about every five to seven days, same way as I do my tomatoes. So um, I know they're not overwatered, uh, and the, the the plants are looking healthy, so they're not um, they're not being stressed through sort of a lack of water either. No, that's right. But I think that that the the amount of calcium that you have in your, if you are like liquid fertilizer, might be the one that would help as well. So a little bit of, of calcium and, and lime 
on there would work. Okay, I'll give that a go. And another thing is that this, is just like in tomatoes, it often happens in the earlier phases of the crop. And then later on, when it gets really warm and you water it more regularly, it'll go away. So, fingers crossed. Okay, well, thank you very much. More than welcome, eh? All the very best to you, Stephen. Bye, Stephen. You take thank care. You. Bye. And uh, Lester, a very good morning to you. Hello, how are you? Good, We're good thank you. Uh, I, I have a problem. Well, not so much of a problem, but... We had some uh, lilies, um, and I had them in the vase. And uh, during the wind, um, a gladioli snapped off. So I actually put the gladioli in amongst the lilies. Yes. And it and it and it killed the lily. <laughs> what? Yeah, like in the vase, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. As a display thing. Oh. And, and uh, I'm just wondering whether whether gladioli and lilies don't don't like the same vase. <laughs> it sounds like a miniature warfare there, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, I, to be quite honest, I don't know. I have I have never heard of this. That no. is crazy. That is crazy. List. Look, yeah. let me. Let me have a look at this, and if I find something, I'll put it on next week's show. I have no idea. Lilies, I'm going to write down, lilies and gladioli fighting over the vase. (laughs) (laughs) It was actually a really really, um, nice lily. Like uh, My wife was really looking looking forward to this lily, and... And it to come out in nice bloom, and she took a photo of it, yeah. and and then I stuck this flippin' um, gladioli in it, and it within about two or three hours, the, the lily just flopped over. That and is died. ridiculous. Now I, I I can't I can say I have never heard of that. I think that's really really weird, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah no, I haven't. Is that the same lily that when you get the pollen on your clothes, it never comes off? Yes, I think you you might be right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. That's you always yeah. got to be careful when you toss it. You know, at the end of its life, if you like, you toss it into the not recycling bin, but into the uh, garden bin. You have to be careful that yeah. those those brownie pollen don't get onto your clothes. Yes. Julie always yeah. gives me hell about that. There you are. <laughs> anyway, oh, well, oh my anyway. god. Yep. So I'll have I'll have a go at this, Lester, and see what I can find. Yep. Thank you. Thank you very much. More than welcome. Bye-bye. All the very best to you, Lester. Take care. And uh, Rud, is it possible that the lack of cicadas this summer is due to the wet weather that we've experienced from Jay? I don't think so, because cicadas have got an interesting life cycle that is usually about three years or five years long. And they have years that they are very, very numerous. And that means that you have... Uh, mating and egg laying and young in the ground for five years that come out after that time span and you can't suddenly increase your numbers so if you go back to your diary which i have Mm -hmm. five years ago where i am here in christchurch it wasn't a great year for cicadas so i'm not expecting many cicadas at all there you are okay Perfect. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's science, folks. Exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. proper 
bloody and, science. And a good diary. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Rightio, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back with more questions. 90% of parenting is just thinking about when you can have a break. And when you do take a break, enjoy the Parenting Hangover podcast. They go together like a tutu and jandals. We've said from the get-go, we ain't parenting experts. No. But it's cool to hear, what is your neighbour doing? What do they say? A problem shared is a problem halved. Oh, that's good. Not that my children are problems. Or a but I feel better talking about it. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. In just a moment. Your News Talk CB, Red Klein Pass with me this morning. And Jennifer, good morning to you. Good morning, um, folks. And my hydrangea plant, when I trimmed it, took all the dead flowers out and that and um, mm-hmm. to make the regrowth, I've noticed all these white things on especially the bottom part of the hydrangea and on the, on the bottom leaves as well. I've never noticed this before. Does this look, does this look fluffy? Yeah, that's right. It is the fluffy looking thing. There's no, it doesn't appear to be any bug in it. <laughs> there is. <laughs> there is. Is there? Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got one in front of me now. I've yeah, there's one off. The, well, yeah, yeah it, if it's later, it might not be. But anyway, there's usually a little creature that set that sucks sap off your plants, usually on the stems or the the little twigs or on the underside of the leaves and things like that. Now, it, there's, I think there's, there's two, but the one that I know is a scale insect, a hydrangea scale. And, oh, right. the, whi- mm-hmm. and the white fluffy stuff, just like with mealybug, is the stuff that actually protects the scales from water. So uh, it, it keeps itself dry in there. That, that white stuff repels water, if you like, which means that if you want to get rid of it and you spray a water-based insecticide it will not harm those particular scale insects so you need a bit of oil does that oh, make yeah, sense yeah. Yeah, so if I you need the oil one. yeah if you've got conqueror oil for instance and you spray yeah. that you will do a bit of damage to the scale but if you mix in something like maverick or even better groventive which is a really nice material, you'll find that that scale insect is not going to like it and it's going to turn up its toes. Oh, right. Okay, we should, we should do that. Yes. So oil and a bit of groventive, if you mix that up according to the labels, <clears throat> you will find that the uh, hydrangea scale will kick the bucket. Oh, that's great. Oh, well, thanks very much for that. More to see, Jennifer. Take care. Okay. Hydrangea is obviously a hot topic today. Kathleen, good morning. Good morning. Uh, my problem is I've never grown them before. I bought, bought it when it was little and I put it in a big pot. But the leaves are going really brown and then they're curling up. So somebody said fired some. Oh. So have you got them in a pot, have you? Yes, I didn't know. Was I not supposed to? No, no, no. I'm not saying you're not supposed to, but yeah. I would say hydrangeas really like to be in soil. So, no they, problem. I mean, you can have them in a big pot if you like, but I think the best way to do is to put them in nice, fertile soil. Is the plant okay. totally gone? No, no. I've been cutting well, off all the dead leaves. But I didn't <laughs> think that was a good idea. It's getting smaller and smaller. Irish, I thought it was a good idea. 
yeah, 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 yeah. Doesn't matter. But no, no, this is good to learn from. What I would do is I would put it into your soil somewhere in a nice space where it gets a little bit of sunlight, not overly. Oh, well, it doesn't matter oh, really. This uh, is but in full sun. Yeah, in full sun is fine yeah. as long as it's got the roots in a soil that is nice and uh, and friable and full of organic material and you water it especially when it's really hot at this time of the year Uh, you make sure that it gets watered properly and you might find that the hydrangea says i thank you so much kathleen i am going to grow thank you because it's beautiful thank you very much good on you go well with it all the best to kathleen take care then um shirley good morning Good morning. Good morning, Rude. Hi, Hi there, Shirley. Uh, now, your lilies, you were saying about the pollen, that your wife yeah. is not very happy with the pollen <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, I go don't. Right out. Your pollen, if it's on your clothes, you let it dry. You don't brush it off or anything. Otherwise, you make a mess of your clothes. That's right. Leave it to dry, the yeah. same as your carpet. Leave it to dry, and then with your um, car, uh, with your uh, vacuum cleaner, put it up and down. Take the nozzles off and everything, and just put it up and down on the carpet, and it will take all the pollen out of your carpet. Excellent. And your clothes as well? Yeah. No, uh, well, you can uh, shake your clothes. You can do that if you want to. Yeah, But yeah. you can shake them and throw them in the washing machine, and um, it'll, in the sunlight, it'll all come out. In the sunlight. Okay, so you think sunlight is the one, the the key? Yes. Okay, good. That's okay, what but dry, I was learnt when I was in first. the Lily Society. <clears throat> oh, good on you. Because I reckon that if you shake your pollen off your, say, your clothes or whatever, and then the pollen go onto your knickers, then you need to get your knickers in the wash as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, I had I had a grey grey car. And grey inside of a car, and oh. I had to take a pile of lilies to a friend for her oh. daughter's wedding, and all the pollen was on the on the car. And she said, "Oh, look at your car! It's all yellow with mm. pollen. Leave it, leave it. Don't touch it. Yeah, don't okay. touch it." And she says, "Oh," I said, "Don't touch it." I said, "By the time I get home again, because I had to travel quite a distance, yeah. by the time I got home, it was all dry." And I got a brush and brushed it all off the car, opened the doors and brushed it all off the car, and it was no pollen whatsoever oh, on the good car. One. Oh, good one. All right. So drying out, good. Brilliant. Love yeah. it. Really appreciate that, Shirley. Thank you very, That's very much. Right. Wonderful. Hey, um, wonderful text. Wonderful text. Good morning, Pete and Rude. Is there a quick, easy way to turn over overgrown field or a paddock in an orchard into a field of wild flowers, please, from Melissa? <laughs> Yes. Is there a quick and easy way? Yeah, quick let's and, discount yeah. that bit. Eh? Nothing's <coughs> yeah, quick and easy. And no, if it is, it's, it's probably yeah. rubbish. So let, let's go. Is there a way involving so it, hard work so and I sweat? Understand. Yes, I see. So there is an orchard there. There are some fruit trees. Mm. Well, to me, that is the way you actually attract also, if you make wildflowers underneath your orchard, that's how you attract the beneficial insects that get rid of aphids, that get rid of all sorts of bits and pieces like that. So this is the way I do it. I basically mow the living daylights out of it so that you've got almost direct access to the soil. That is the quick and easy way of doing it. Gotcha. And, and immediately, yeah, because you, you, you expose the earth, if you like. Yes. And then you get some wildflower mixes, 
which you can get from all sorts of uh, king seeds of God that you name it. And you spread exactly what you want, which particular materials, which particular flowers. You sow them and you can do that right now if you like. You can also wait a couple of months for autumn time or you can do it early in spring. But I think spring and autumn are the best times to do this. But what you're getting is a complete wildflower because it will quickly, uh, especially if you keep moist, it will quickly germinate and grow like bilio. And that means that your weeds, which are quite often there, are being suppressed as well by some of these amazingly fast-growing um, wildflowers. Brilliant. Mm. Nice. Good idea. Yeah, you'd be a big fan, wouldn't you? I will, yeah, and I did, that, I did that. I did that when we lived in in in, uh, in Auckland as well. I made and I mowed a path through the wildflowers in a lovely, you know, not straight, but in a very weaving way. It's right. gorgeous. Yeah, I noticed that some people are sort of doing the guerrilla gardening on the council berms. Yes, yes, and you know, because I mow my berm, right? So, exactly. what about if I stopped and I went and planted some wildflowers out there? Well, I planted some wildflowers like native beech trees. Oh, and and rata, southern rata. Beautiful. God, that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Radio. Let's grab another call before we get kicked off the air. Ray, good morning. Yes, good morning. How are you? We're good. Thank you, Ray. Yes, um, I have a problem with my Buxus hedge. It's got this dieback and that uh, bug that gets into it. Orangey um, brown, orangey brown leaves. Oh, yeah, well, it's yeah, it's all the stuff going right down to the stems and the roots. Yeah. Um, just need to know. I, I know I've, I've sprayed it, but someone said you can cut it down to about six inches. And, uh, like and, a haircut, um, it would you mean? Sprout again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell me. Tell me, tell me, you. So you've you've actually cut it right back, have you? No, not yet. Okay, it's, not it's got yet. that. Um, it's got a, like a, a fungus in it right through it. Yes. Okay. That's a Bucks's blight. Now, f- to answer that oh, question, yeah, I'm going to pass yes. you to Peter. To Peter Wilkemp. Peter, what do you do with Bucks's blight? Uh well, <laughs> I've changed my Bucks's to the hybrid ones, and I've it. To be fair, I was looking at it this morning when I left the house. It's magnificent. So I, I went for the hybrid, never had a problem. There you go. So Bucks's Blight, you're absolutely well done. Uh, Bucks's Blight is a, 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 material, a disease that came into the country a couple of decades ago, and it really makes it, makes it really difficult sometimes to do anything with it, old-fashioned Bucks's. There are now slightly yeah, resistant yeah. Uh, materials. But you, there is also a spray that you can use to control that Bucks's blight, and you can get it at garden centres. Yes, well, I, I, I did spray that while the hedge is fully grown, but the spray obviously hasn't got right down to the deep stems. <clears throat> so I'm considering cutting it back down to about six inches and re-spraying what's left. You can do that? And it would uh, gr- grow again. But you would also need to respray, let's say, every three months or so, two or three months. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. And would the ground, would the soil be infected with the blight as well? No, only if your name or is Buxus. Okay. So it, it is quite specific well, to that particular species. Yes. I oh, know that's good, Red. All the very so best to you, Ray. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you very much. And Rod, good morning. 
Yeah, good morning, team. Uh, uh, easy one this morning. Our passion fruit, uh, Brian, <laughs> the fruit's not maturing, it's falling off. Am I giving it too much water? And should I, what can I feed it with to give it some life back? Okay, Rod. First of all, I would not overwater, as far as I understand, because fashion fruit is my big nemesis, and I'm going to plant it this week. Uh, uh, I wouldn't overwater it. That's number one. Number two, good soil, well-drained soil is important. And yep. the, what was the third question? Oh, fer fertilizer. Oh, fertilizer. Yes, yep. general general fertilizer. And sometimes it pays to have liquid fertilizer, something like the wet and forget seafood soup yep. and seaweed tea, or something like nitrofosca blue, or a general fertilizer with a light, slightly higher amount of potash, which helps to set the fruit. Thanks very much. Well, we'll give it a go and try and get a good, good crop. And you should be able to grow those nicely where you are in the bay, my friend. Yes, all, that's right. All okay. the best to you, Rod. You take Catch care. You later. All right. All the best, mate. Um, I was going to talk to you about weeds, but we'll do that next week. I love this yeah, text. Lily pollen easily removed from clothing with sellotape. Then you just wash as usual. Okay. That as long as it's dry at first. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. The drying is important. And I love the texts about the cicadas. They've all moved good. to Nelson, apparently. <laughs> yes, I know. It, 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 it depends on where you are. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. How brilliant. Rightio, let's talk about weeds because I've got increasingly <laughs> frustrated with bloody moth plant and potato vine and all this sort of thing. I'll we'll send you my list. Week. I'll make right, a mate. photocopy of my list. Please Bye. do. Thank you, bud. Rightio, folks, thanks very much for your comments and your calls. Um, I'm looking forward to going and see Kevin McLeod tomorrow. We talked to him last week on the show, and he's live on stage tomorrow. So um, have a great week. We'll be back next Sunday. For more from The Resident Builder with Peter Wolfcamp, listen live to Newstalk ZB on Sunday mornings from 6 or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.